वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यकोटि समप्रभा निर्विघ्नम कुरु मे देव सर्वकारेशु सर्वदा ओम भगवते श्री सहजानंद स्वामी महाराजाय नमः श्री स्वामी नारायणाय नमः ओम श्री लक्ष्मी नारायणाय नमः ओम श्री नर नारायणाय नमः ओम श्री वासुदेव नारायणाय नमः ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते रुद्राय ओम नमः शिवाय ओम श्री नवदुर्गाय नमः ओम श्री चंडिकाय नमः ओम श्री ऐं ह्रीं क्लीं चामुंडाय विच्चे नमो नमः सर्वमंगल मंगलदे शिवे सर्वार्थ साधिके शरण्येत्रंबिके गौरी नारायणी नमोस्तुते श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः ओम श्री गुरुस्तोत्रम अखंड मंगलाकारम व्याप्तमेन चराचरम तत्पदम दर्शितम येन तस्मै श्री गुरुवे नमः अज्ञानतिमिरांधस्य ज्ञानांजनशलाकया चक्षुरुम मिलितम मेन तस्मै श्री गुरुवे नमः गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देवो महेश्वरा गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मतस्मै श्री गुरुवे नमः Welcome to daily satsang nित्य satsang we are continuing our contemplation on Bhagwan Shiv in the Guru Stotram Guru Guru Devo Maheshwara that part of the Stotra we are continuing our series on that and we have been contemplating on the third eye the the Trinetra Bhagwan Shankar is known as the one who has the third eye so there is quite a bit to be said about it without any end obviously as with any topic in spirituality. Uh, so, to continue from where we were last time, there is a very, very meaningful and practical aspect to the opening of the third eye. There is, always remember, there's a metaphysical aspect, the transcendental, mystical, metaphysical aspect to the third eye. And then there is the very day-to-day practical applicable aspect that is true with everything in the scriptures every every idea in the bhagavad-gita in the srimad-bhagavatam in the mahapuranas in every place these there's always these two things there's the transcendental phenomena or the mystical and then the transcendental and then there is the the same phenomena in our life experience within the three states, Jagrat, Swapna, Shushupti. I hope that point is really, really, it's just really sink in because there's a lot of confusion about that. You know, people think of religion and spirituality as something like, oh, you're just, you know, thinking of something abstract, something imaginary. It's not like that. There, it's not, first of all, it's not imaginary and it's not abstract. It is transcendental phenomena, which is, in a different dimension, various other dimensions that can be accessed through meditation, etc. But there is also the very day-to-day, real-life, absolute application of every idea, including the third eye concept, the, the, including the reality of the third eye. I don't want to say concept, although it is a concept to some extent. So along those lines, along those lines, you will see here, you know, the fusion of Shiv Shakti. Today is the fourth day of Navratri uh, and in Navratri this is one of the big realizations, the fusion of the Prakriti with the Atma. That is the most extraordinary thing. You know, that is what we want and can we live life that way? Absolutely. 
if this is understood from childhood, any child's life, assuming there aren't too many genetic problems, other kinds of things, the body is you know within a normal range, assuming that that's the case, that child can evolve into enlightenment rather rapidly because there is a clear realization of the fusion of the energies in Prakriti and the experiences of Prakriti which are uh, which are available as an individual is experiencing this world and then th that those experiences to fuse you know to reconnect with the Atma it's the most extraordinary thing even in this picture that we see we see on the one half Bhagwan Shiva on the other side Devi Parvati we see that Jata with the Tapasharya and all that and then on the other side we see jewels and crown and all this thing how are these two things together has anybody ever thought about that probably but I don't know we, we have to do some research on that how is it that a Mahavaira a state of Mahavairagya tremendous Vairagya can be fused together with the with the most extraordinary experiences of the Prakriti How, how is that possible? Well, that is, that is the whole mystery of the third eye. The third eye is the, the third eye is beyond this Agna Chakra. So what we see here in the diagram is the diagram of the two petal Agna Chakra, which has, uh, you know, the Om is always present in all the, all the system. It's present everywhere. But the two particular Bij Akshar are Ham Ksham these two bijakshar are of the Agnaya Chakra and that is the location of Bhagavan Shiv one of the forms of Shiva is there now this is this Agnaya Chakra there actually is such a thing as an Agnaya Chakra this is not just a symbol or something like that or some imaginary thing it is a rotating disc it is a metaphysical disc uh, but it's not like a disc like how we consider it's something much beyond that and th this is all a discovery of the great rishis so yes this agnya chakra is there an agnya means command very interesting this word agnya you know so many gurus and teachers have given agnya in swaminarayan satsang for example there is something called shikshapatri that is called the agnya granth that means that the Sadguru or Bhagwan Swami Narayan has given a particular Agnya, way of living, way of teaching, way of, you know, way of living life, etc. All Gurus have done so. In different Sampradayas, I'm just using Swami Narayan Sampradaya as an example or you know, kind of mix that in because I'm more familiar with that. <coughs> but nonetheless, the word Agnya means command. It's the command chakra. So this chakra is to be activated. And if this chakra is activated, or when it is activated, automatic mastery of the other five chakras occurs. You don't need to try to master the other five and all the mantras related to them. It's not necessary. Only the Agnya chakra is necessary. That's it. And for that, Namashivaya mantra is all that is really needed. You know, so if does if don't all other sadhanas are there for other chakras and all those things, that's fine, no problem. But if one stays with one mantra, Namashivaya mantra, and closes one's eyes and see there's a blank space there, in that blank space you're still seeing, 
There's a seeing with an inner eye. That, that seeing of the inner eye is from the Atma, Atma Tattva, that is actually perceiving the causal body. And beyond that causal body is this system of 72,000 nadis and the rotating Agnya Chakra right at that point. So, you know, if you sit in, in a place where there's no light, which is, seems to be rare these days, but you can create like a room like that, or you can go into a cave where there's like no light. Or you can create that even inside your house. And you close your eyes, there's no light coming in. It's just total darkness, 100% darkness. That darkness is the causal body. That is Karan Shadira. Even while you're awake, you can see it. You know, people say, can you see the causal body? Yes, you can. That's how. That's how you see the causal body, by not seeing anything. That is called causal body. Sampurna Andhakar. We say that all the time. So that, that darkness that you see when eyes are closed and there's no other light coming in, there's no other stimuli, that is the causal body. And it is beyond that darkness that these 72,000 nadis and the nine chakras and the agnya chakra, all this exists. And beyond that is the Atma Darshan. For, in, from, in terms of yogic sadhana, that is the fact. That is the glory of the third eye. So I'm going to go now a little bit further. I'll keep the two um, pieces in mind always as I'm presenting, the metaphysical and the applicable, both. Okay, Because one without the other, will, it, will, it will cause possibly quite a bit of distortion. So you need to have a proper link between the two. Now, there are yogis and rishis who have gone into the caves. And like I mentioned to you in the very beginning stages of these recordings, they were interested in discovering what is inside that dark space. That's what it's all about. They didn't know what is God, what is Brahman, what is this. What, they had no idea. They said, we are interested in finding out what in the world, who we are actually. Now, how are you going to do that? So they said, let's cut ourselves off and go into isolated places and just go into the depth of meditation synchronize the breath and synchronize the mind and if you start to stay in an isolated place without any light for a long time your mind is going to generate all kinds of phenomena it it requires tremendous courage to take a dip into the unknown j krishnamurti's words that's a true courage you know to go inside oneself is perhaps the greatest of all journeys and it takes the uh, is it, it, it requires phenomenal courage because you're going to wind up in states of mind that are unknown and that is scary you know it, it can be terrifying it can be scary like my god I'm, my losing my mind is not there this is not something else is there this is there you have no idea what is going on so what the rishis went through was a tremendous difficult time we cannot imagine what they had to go through you know hum jo bolte ne sab mantra even kids are speaking that 
we have gotten that Amrut directly because of the intense penance and the discovery and sadhana that they had done in the ancient times and that has come in the Vedic tradition. We have gotten it so easily, we have no value. You know, how much does Mahamrutyunjay Mantra cost? Nothing. Zero value in the material world because people have no understanding of any of it because it's gotten free. But where did it come from? Where did this Namashivai Mantra come from? Who discovered that? How it got discovered? Is it something that was fabricated by the human mind? No. Not at all. It, it was discovered and it was revealed to those who had the tenacity, the courage, the drive, and that total, total do-or-die attitude to, to, to discover and to ask God, the Paramatma, whatever the, the Karan is, to reveal itself. And that is our tradition. That is, you know, I hate to say our tradition, but it's not about our tradition. That is the Sanatana Dharma. That is the tradition of the Vedic tradition. I don't like to even use the word Hinduism. There's no such thing as Hindu or ism. It's totally false. It's not an ism, it's not a one particular approach. And this word Hindu is not there in any scripture. That is a word given by the British for all those people living in, in that area of the river Sindhu and all that thing. It's such nonsense. None of that has anything to do with, this, with the Sanatana Dharma actually. There's no ism, there's no boundary, there is discovery. And if you have the courage to discover the truth, that courage is required even today. But we are fortunate that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. We don't have to try to go through thousands of years of sadhana to discover these things. <clears throat> so much discovery has been made and by the grace of the sages they have given to the masses direct approaches to realize the higher truths the transcendental truths but also its application and its reality in real life here so the discovery of the nine chakras cannot be made by medical science ever not under any circumstances because it is beyond the senses it cannot even be made by the psychological sciences because psychological sciences are talking about the subtle body and only scratching the surface of the subtle body they have not even penetrated into the total subtle body they cannot do so because the only way to really penetrate is an intuitive first person experience you can only penetrate so far and then you come across a barrier and causal body is unknown there's no discussion of causal body in any psychological text <coughs> so causal body is a, again karana sharir is, is a is a is an expression or it is a created uh, word by the rishis that are saying that, that that causal body is that storehouse of millions of lifetimes of sanskaras that are causing rebirth upon rebirth upon rebirth that's why it's called karana karana means the cause of rebirth So they discovered that, as I mentioned before, they discovered the cycle. So the opening of the third eye, this is a very big thing. This is, you know, uh, I mean, where to even begin with this? This is like our sixth or seventh day talking about it. Still, it doesn't, it's, in my mind, I don't feel like I've even touched anything in this actually. You know, it is so much beyond from a transcendental point of view. But at the same time, we have to find the practical applicable meaning meanings in this so first of all let's go through it sequentially 
the, the Agnya Chakra is a reality beyond that darkness. It requires a person to give their entire energy and their Antakarana, the Man Buddhi Chetahankar, and all of their mental power with the 64 qualities intact of the great saints. Pull all that together and give it at the feet of God. That is when the Agnya Chakra opens and not before that. Impossible. It will never open until this is done. 64 qualities of the great saints, Chosat Lakshan in Gujarati language, has to be there. Even if one is missing, this will not open. Even if one is at the lowest levels, this will not open. This will never open, in fact. And the Antakarana is given with the, tr with the highest level of devotion towards the Paramatma. You know who is the prime example of this? Is Mirabai. Mirabai was born with the awakening up to Agnya Chakra. All of her bhajans are just one step away from God realization. <laughs> Listen to all of Mirabai's bhajans. What do you see? She's constantly panging for Krishna. Constantly, constantly. That, because she is at the Agna Chakra. Her awakening is, is there. The only one more step is remaining. That is the immersion into God. She's actually enlightened already. But all of her bhajans get this. She's, her absorption is intense into Sri Krishna. This is a very big thing. These are not small, small things. You know, people think of these are our temples and all that. We do some rituals and all that. That's all okay. When, when we reach such a stage of intensity in life, my God, that is the, that is the Mahamanav. That is not an ordinary human being. In Vachanamrutam, Sajanan Swami has, has mentioned that such a being should not be considered as a human being or even as a Devata. He is like God. He or she is like, is Bhagwan Jevache. He is similar to God. Because one is at the Agni Chakra, that's why. Amazing. Amazing. And the two petal lotus, Ham, Ksham. My God, these two Bija mantras blow, blow, will blow away all ignorance. That is the power of the Bija mantra. Look at the discovery of the Rishis. They didn't create this, they heard these mantras. And they were, they were so pure, so clear from inside that the clutter and the noise of the Antakaran is dissolved. Totally dissolved. That is when this extraordinary revelation occurs. In the biblical terminology, this same thing is described in a different way. The pure at heart shall see God. Jesus says, you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He's using different language from that time, that's all. Anybody who has come to the Agnya Chakra stage, the only way to get to that stage, there cannot be any ego left with regards to me versus you. That has to go. Otherwise, one will be below the Agnya Chakra, number one. Because the Agnya Chakra is that point where Mukti is going to occur into the higher reality. Below the Agnya Chakra, you have the three gunas of Maya. You have the exp every kind of experience of Maya. But at the Agnya Chakra, at the Agnya Chakra, when it opens, 
and the sadhaka remains in that state without break while living, that individual is not actually in this world. There are very, very high-level saints like this even today. They are here, but they are there. And their only purpose is to is their presence is detected by others and by the grace of God, they remain, their body remains here. Just their presence, their seeing them even. They exist. Just their existence is Kalyankari. Kalyankari meaning their presence liberates. Wow. Unbelievable. There is such a state. There, and there are sages like this today. There are people like this today. Their presence liberates. Not just their talks or scriptural teachings or understand. That's all okay. That is what we are trying to do. You know, but that is okay. But these, these enlightened beings, they, their presence is so intense. There's so many like that that have come and gone. And they, they keep coming and going. And whatever they speak, whatever teaching they give also liberates. Because what they're teaching is coming from this Agna Chakra. It's coming from Shiva. It's coming from the Paramatma existing through the Agna Chakra for the benefit of the Sansar that is, in the, that is within duality. So having said that, we can see that the it is a journey from Muladhara to Sahasrara. Muladhara Chakra is the location, is the place of Sri Ganesha, Paramatma as Sri Ganesha. And there is actually a form of Sri Ganesha there. It's not some imaginary thing. And so the Atma, so I want to just explain something else here. The actual Atma, the, the, you know, what we say Jiva Atma, Atma Tattva kete, that effulgent, massive effulgent being that we are, but that doesn't have a form. Remember, the Atma doesn't have a form. That Atma is accessible through any of these chakras. Now that is the most interesting point. How can that be? Didn't we just say that the Agna chakra is the access point? Yes, it is, of course. But the others are also. The others are also because the chakras are lit. Listen to this carefully. The chakras are lit, L-I-T. They're lit up. And they are spinning by the power and the light of the Atma. Amazing. And because they are spinning and lit up by the light of the Atma, through the entire system within the within the um, kundalini the ida pingla nadi and then and then the rotation of the chakras that is a system that is created so that the jivatma can have the experience of the material world through the brain body mind complex this discovery of the nadis of the different the Bij mantras within the chakras, 
this discovery was made by the rishis and by making that discovery they also realized that each chakra is an access point into the atma that the, the chakra is alive and living because of the extraordinary atma can you imagine what how evolved this state is when we talk about opening of the third eye which is actually shown you can see this in this diagram right there this is the agna chakra right here where the ida and the pingala combine together you see the two petal lotus right there that's the agna chakra where my cursor is and right above that is the third eye so so there's there's the there's the crown chakra you can see that that's actually at the top over here and between the two is the third is the third eye location and in this in the swaminarayan satsang you know we do the, the what's called chandlo in the middle here it's exactly at that location of that third eye and in shikshapatri sajanan swami said that is the bhakta that that is radhika ji and lakshmi ji and then in the, in the baps organization they say akshara brahma we'll get to that later sometime i will get to all that stuff at some point in the future uh, but not right now all i can simply say is that is that there is a phenomenal state of awakening where there is so much stability now i want to go back here we'll get back to this diagram in in a, in a moment here i want to go back here just a second here let me see yes yeah, so again this is the this is some uh, some um, mudras regarding the agnya chakra so that mudra that you see there that is the mudra for the agnya chakra so that particular mudra and the om mantra if you do the om mantra or om namah shivaya mantra that actually helps to connect with the opening of the agnya chakra you know so so it is uh, it is it is uh, you can see you can see how that is there is the the two fingers are are like this and then it's it's this 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 mudra like this you know this is the this is the agnyaya and you can feel it when you put your hands in this position see you see how that goes when you put your hands in this position you can really feel something you know there's like a more stability inside the spine inside inside the inside the uh, mind you know so the so that's the other point that the mudras the hand gestures that were discovered they facilitate the flow of this internal power so that it, so that the sadhana can be done with the mudra and while the sadhana is done with the mudra um it is possible to gain more strength and more momentum uh, on the spiritual path you know so that is part of this now remember this old diagram that we have been looking at in our day to day existence how does the agnya chakra and all this thing fit together we've talked about a little bit before also it fits together interesting that this is the fun part of this really very interesting that the 12 dimensions of life these 12 are universal and in our in our day to day life if the agnya chakra is actually opened one is able to play to playfully revolve in all 12 dimensions with diverse experiences of prakriti that's the fusion between prakriti and the shiva that is in our life here so you could be playing tennis you could be driving a car you could be watching a movie you could be doing this you could be doing all kinds of things but but there's a fusion with the prakriti so there is an constant enlightened vision of the prakriti 
and that con continuous enlightened vision of the Prakriti across 12 dimensions of life without Raga or Dvesha and revolving in them from one, one thing to another, one activity to another, one experience to another, including meditation and, and sadhana. That full revolution of the 12 dimensions without damage to core energy is the opening of the third eye and its manifestation in our life here. That's really quite something. It's a very, very liberating idea. Once we realize that, yes, this high metaphysical reality is there, and, there, and you can see great rishis sitting just for dhyan, and they're so evolved, they, can, they have trikal darshan, they have siddhis, they have so many things, they can see everything. That is all yoga sadhana. Obviously, if one wants to achieve a state of higher level of realization, one has to take this core energy and evolve any one of these 12 dimensions. It doesn't matter which one it is. It's up to you. Those rishis in the ancient times, they looked at the spiritual and religious life and adhyatmic things. Some people might be interested in dimension 8, financial growth. Some people are interested in family. Some people are interested in some emotional growth. Whatever it is, you know, what, whatever the growth might be, that is up to each individual to decide. But it happens when there is an opening of the third eye. One can evolve either. See, one has the opportunity to gain more experience of the Prakriti. Take, for example, these top-notch athletes. They put all their energy behind that. They're completely behind that, 100%. That is their sadhana, and that is their way of trying to open the door into ananda. Okay, that's fine, they can try. And there are experiences of the prakriti, but without the connection with Bhagwan Shankar, those experiences are all waves only. You might be the topmost tennis player. How long? How many seasons? Before the body wears down and then you become a commentator and make even more money giving commentary. That's all. It's a short time. Every Anubhava Prakriti is time limited. If that is, that Gnana, as I mentioned several times already, Gnana Shakti, that not realization that the experiences of the 12 dimensions within the mind-body-brain complex are limited. They are time-limited. Every one of them, including the body itself, is time-limited. And the mind is also time-limited. Given that this is time-limited, the integration with Shiv of the multifarious experiences in 12 dimensions that real integration while moving through the 12 dimensions of life at the same time, diving deep again and again into the depth of one's inner space by upasana and by sadhana and by yoga and all the different yogic approaches. By doing both of those again and again and again, one 
moves into the dimension of divya ananda the atmic realization there are so many in the sansara today who are quite advanced in all of these 12 areas they may be the best father they might be the best mother they might be the highest level of businessman or they might be the highest level of an employee or they may have creative ideas to do so many things whatever or they might be excelling in sports or music or 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 teaching it could be anything but those experiences are they have a certain peak and then without the proper integration with bhagwan shiv one will keep pursuing more and more experiences of the prakriti without the shiva hence you are caught in maya it is a cyclical trap jisko hum kehte hain ke maya ka chakkar simple language sab maya ka chakkar hai don't, don't we say that in our normal usually indian tradition we say this so many times yes kya sab maya hai sab maya ka chakkar hai maya ka chakkar means what it is pursuing prakriti further and further and further and further and further without shiv big mistake folks big mistake massive mistake there may not be any greater mistake in life than that that is the biggest mistake anybody can make to keep pursuing prakriti without shiv you're gone then 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 sri krishna bhagwan says i will hurl the jivatma into millions of wombs again and again again and again adi shankaracharya ji punarupi janam punarupi maranam punarupi janani chathare shayanam ihe sansare bahudustan gunatitanand swami he said i only know one thing to destroy the disease of birth and death the brahma vidya he was a master in brahma vidya ramkrishna paramas look at the gospel of ramkrishna paramas what do you see you see him worshiping mahamaya which is the goddess kali and by her blessings he has realized the highest of realizations the atma tattva and brahma tattva and all because that was his intention his intention wasn't to run after the experiences of mahamaya if he wanted that he could have had that he probably already had those experiences in so many past lives and he's gone through that he said this is there's nothing here if if that's the way he was some people say he's incarnation then that wouldn't apply and then there's also those who are only worshiping shiva meaning what that they are interested in this this uh what we were talking about last time this mahanirvan mahanirvan tantra that they're just interested in just dissolving out of maya into the formless and infinite void or infinite reality or whatever that is you know and and if they're doing that without without the infusion of shakti and they try to worship shiv without shakti and there there was actually a story of a rishi i forgot the name right now but who actually worshiped shiva only without the goddess and there was a lot of difficulty in in that individual's life i there's a whole story behind I don't remember who that is right now i'll have to look it up that's another mistake shakti is the foundation without it you will not realize shiva so people who are saying i want to worship shiv and i want to just you know have vairagya and this and that yes there are those kinds of babas and sadhus those sadhu sadhanas are there but 
if the if the ability to integrate the diverse experiences of prakriti is not inculcated and developed the causal body will not go and that even it may seem like that person is a big saint and has thousands of followers and all that thing in vachanamrutam swaminarayan bhagwan he said he's in gujarat he said eva he said bahya drishti thi mota san dekhay che ena antarma tikhi vasna he says that there is a sharp vasna still sitting inside and that is sitting there because of the disrespect and ignoring of prakriti and that has happened a lot also within the sanatana dharma sab maya hai sab jhoot hai sab ye hai ye hai you keep disrespecting disregarding all you're doing is you're disrespecting disregarding and trying to fight with your own core power where will you go with that we'll go nowhere with that so that is the most extraordinary truth when one is able to take the experience of prakriti and fuse them in the best possible way with bhagwan shiv through the intersection of the 12 dimensions of life one is one becomes a purna manava one becomes a true human being at that point and from that stage one can become a devotee and from that stage one goes into a mukta state otherwise there is the problem of fragmentation through and through even vachanamrutam garada ante number 2 vachanamrut this is described that problem of fragmentation chitta vritti he says the chitta vritti phelai jai he says he says that the chitta vritti vibrant it means that it it becomes dispersed because of the doshas the kaam krodh lobh these things even after going on spiritual path these things afflict the individual so the solution maharaj gave in that situation is that one who has intense love for an enlightened sage who has fused dharma gnan vairagya bhakti completely when you have dharma gnan vairagya bhakti all of the energy is fused inside it it has been it has been transmuted into the atma tattva it has it has it's a proper fusion proper link is there best link is there so in if an enlightened sage is there and we want that internal sthiti like for example we take ramkrishna paramans or you take muktanand swami or brahmanand swami you take these different great sages you know do we want what they have you know so many people people have heard of ramkrishna paramans right people all oh, he's a great saint great saint great saint almost everybody will say that i i like to ask all those people who are saying that he was a great saint i said all of you people who are saying he's a great saint and what bade the and what the and what the Do you want to become like Ramkrishna Paramahansa? You uh, what about you? Do you want that? Do you want what he has? Or we are we're just content saying what what mahane they're great but let us be don't disturb our ignorance, you know? Hamara jo agnana we want to keep that very nicely hidden and keep it with us. We don't want any sadhu to disturb uh, the uh, our own uh, uh, chakkar into maya. We would keep the bhagwan ko bhakti kare mandir mein jaye sant ka darshan kijiye shastra patan bhagavat katha everything is done but we but we want to keep it at a distance we don't want to bring it inside our house inside our mind inside our inside our system even all the people most of the people on the spiritual path are keeping this thing at a distance when you close the distance that is god realization what is god realization after all it is closing that distance that's all 
And the closing that distance is the opening of the Agna Chakra. Amazing, amazing stuff. Okay, let's stop here. <laughs> we will continue this tomorrow.